welcome to the Seahawks 360 podcast, a Sports Ethos production, where we look at the Seahawks from every angle, every week. I'm your host, Candace Hagens, and as always, it's a pleasure and it's a privilege to talk Hawks with you. This week is a pretty big game for the Seahawks, I believe. This is week four, but it means a lot in terms of what kind of team this team is going to be. This week, they'll be facing a very injured Detroit Lions team, and they'll be on the road, but they have lost a significant amount of important contributors and playmakers and starters for that team. Can the Seahawks take advantage of this opportunity? Can they turn the ship? I think them winning this game determines the difference between them being like bottom three in the league and at least having the possibility to compete to be you know, bottom 10 in the league. I mean, either way, this team is going to be bad. But the question is, can they remain competitive? And as you all know, to me, I feel like some sort of competitiveness, at least an ounce of winning culture, uh, taking advantage of opportunities like this and not resigning to things just being the way they are is important. There's been a lot of talk about changes on defense. We'll see. This is an opportunity to build on the progress that the offense saw last week. So this is a pretty big game. In my opinion, this is a must win. Or at this point, you know, just tank. Like if they're not going to win this game, they don't have a chance against any other team. That's my thoughts. That's how I feel about it. So we'll get into this match. We'll this matchup. We'll preview some keys to watch for. This will be a pretty quick episode because it is just a preview. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about the results, but because this is such a pivotal game, uh, I'm going to rely more on just things to watch for. And we'll just see how the game goes. All right, so let's get into it. Talk some Hawks. So let's start out with talking about some of the interesting matchups that you can look for and pay attention to closely when you're watching the game. Now, this list was a lot longer. It really was, I promise. <laughs> but because of injury to the Lions, a lot of the interesting matchups that we were potentially going to see aren't really there. So... Yeah, that takes a toll. So let, let's talk about the injuries. I've sort of talked about them before. It came out as advantageous as it possibly could on the Seahawks side, especially given how many injuries the Seahawks were facing at the beginning of the week. But let's start. Let's talk about the Lions since we're looking at matchups. So out for the Lions are running back DeAndre Swift, wide receiver Amon Ross St. Brown, their starting kicker, Seibert, Cy- I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly at all. I'm sorry, my man. But Seibert, their starting left guard, Jonah Jackson, and D-tackle Kaminsky is out. Questionable, they have wide receiver DJ Chark and Josh Reynolds. Are right, they're questionable, and they, so they could play. But so they're running low, particularly on wide receiver dip. But Swift would have been a heck of a matchup is I think he probably would have killed us. <laughs> I'm actually kind of gl- kind of glad that the Seahawks dodged that bullet, a chance to turn the ship right now. Jamal Williams is no joke. So, I mean, he averages right now um, 3.2 a carry. could be either 3.2 or 3.9. He's, he's plowing through. He's not the huge threat that Swift has been to this point. Now, the question is, when he plays the Seahawks, will he be? Will he look the same because the run defense is so bad? That's something to watch for. But 
really it takes out a lot of interesting matchups. So the ones that are remaining, I think, that are interesting to watch is Aiden Hutchinson versus these rookie tackles. So Aiden Hutchinson is an extremely athletic player. He's got good technique, good skill. To this point, he's had three sacks, two tackles for loss, four quarterback hits, 11 pressures. He's been, well, I'll say a little bit below average in the run. But for a rookie, it's, it's actually pretty good. He's not yet been very efficient on his pass rushes, though. So, for example, um, last game he had like two pressures, but he had like 38 snap, um, you know, snaps. So, he's not very efficient. PFF doesn't look at him very highly, probably because of that reason. But he is a rookie. And so maybe he's not a Chase Young or a Nick Bosa, but he may end up being right below those guys. So, and then he could he could develop too. So you just never know. But it'll be interesting to see how, even though they're both rookies, how the tackles hold up against Hutchison. You know, will they be able to hold up? You know, I think it's to their advantage that this is not an experienced guy. You know, can they show to be a little bit better in pass rush, given they have dealt with a Nick Bosa and a Bradley Chubb? the more experienced pass rushers in this game, can they, you know, look elite, look even dominant. It'd be great against, maybe not dominant against Aiden Hutchinson, but can they hold up even better than they have? Can they begin to grow and build upon what they've been doing? Because these are two uh, right now above average tackles. ESPN put out some stats this week about the pass, the, pa- the pass blocking win rates. So basically how these tackles, how often the tackles are winning in their plat in their pass block matchups. Charles Cross ranked at 89.7%, which put him 26th among tackles. Keep in mind there are about, you know, 70-ish starting tackles. That puts him as above average. For Abe Lucas, he ranked at winning about 88.7% of his pass blocks, which puts him at about 23rd. So both of those guys above average. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, if they can continue that against Hutchinson. I, I am pretty optimistic that they can. I really do. I think if they can handle the Nick Rosas, the, Brad, the Bradley Chubbs, I think they'll be able to handle a very new Aiden Hutchinson. And rookie on rookie. So that takes that whole experience factor out of the equation. So that's one matchup that I'm interested in seeing. And then the other one is going to be Daryl Taylor slash Boye Mafe. Versus their tackles because the Lions have really had a really strong offensive line to this point. That's really been how they've been doing a lot of their run game. Their pass has been good. And they're dynamic offense to this point. Really hard to stop. And that starts for them with their O-line. And so, given Daryl Taylor's struggles, I question against Penny Sewell, will he look even slightly competent it is my hope that they in order to stop the run you see a little less daryl taylor you guys know i'm team star mafe star mafe today but i don't think they will realistically i think in this game you'll see you know maybe daryl taylor gets the start technically but you might actually see mafe play more snaps depending on how this goes i'm interested to see how much they're going to want to run the ball without uh, Swift, but they're probably going to see if it'll work with Jamal Williams. <laughs> they want to go. See, they're probably going to want to see if they can get it going, especially against this run defense. So, you know, if that's the case, if they do what every other team has done and has laid the blueprint as how to beat us, it'll be the team rather. I think that 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 could be 
their strategy. And if that's the case, you'd see more Mafe or in Daryl Johnson. I haven't seen anything particularly special from Daryl Johnson. I know he had a splash like play, but um, I'm not. It's better than, than Daryl Taylor. I'll say that much. But I'm not particularly excited about that. I'm excited for Mafe. I would love to see if Mafe can get some experience against, you know, rushing the passer against a really strong line and see how he holds up. That'll kind of give us an indication about where he really is. Because he's played against, you know, some mediocre lines. Like he played against the Falcons more and he didn't really, you know, they don't have any elite offensive line at this point. So he did okay. But he did okay against a below average offensive line. So where he really falls when it comes to pass rush, we'll find out. He's still very raw. And I think it's if he can stand up well in the run game, it's going to be hard for him to disappoint me because, you know, it's not like we were getting a lot from Daryl Taylor in the pass rush department either. So anyway, that's pretty much all of the main matchups I have to watch. To me, I just want to watch. I'm more interested in can the offense build on what they started last week? And can the defense change their scheme? I'm more interested in watching what the coaching staff does and watching their adjustments, their ability to adjust in-game even. I'm watching more for that stuff. I'm watching more for how the linebackers playing. Are they getting more clean looks? Are they, you know, is the D-line holding up better? Because as I've mentioned, on the Seahawks end, Health is looking pretty good. Uh, it was not looking that great, that much in the Seahawks' favor when the week started. But of all the players that were listed on the injury report, people who were able to fully participate in practice this week, Gabe Jackson, Phil Haynes, Al Woods, Shelby Harris, very important for the D-line. And if the linebackers can get clean, clean look. when I say clean, can they – can they be able to make tackles without immediately having guards get on them? Because the way things have been working before and why it's been so unsuccessful, it was better with the Falcons, but especially against the 49ers, the D-line was not doing a good job of taking up blockers. So immediately the linebackers would get plowed with a guard or you know a center, and the play would get busted up. And immediate, I mean, that means it's up to the safeties and the corners pretty much to make the stop. It was better against the Falcons. Was that just because the talent went down or was that because they're moving towards the right direction in terms of schematic schematic things that they can do to to keep their linebackers just a little bit more clean? Okay, so back to the injury list. I Like I said, Shelby Harris, Marquise Goodwin also participated fully. Um, Joey Blunt did. Quentin Jefferson did. Kenneth Walker III did. D.S. Rich did. And the center, Austin Blythe, did. So, Always looking good. I think there are a lot of players that look primed to go. And that's about as optimistic as you can get from the Seahawks side. So those are the things I'm watching for. But let's talk about the keys to win, right? Um, and like I said, because I'm that's in me, that's really what's more interesting. Can the Seahawks do what they need to do in order to win? Take advantage of this opportunity. So the first key to win for me is run game. You saw some improvement with that last week with 112 rushing yards. Can they build on that? Can they get some more, you know, dynamic, explosive plays from Rashad Penny? And I, I, this is not a criticism of the running backs by any means. Uh, the only criticism I'd have of a running back is, you know, our rookie 
Kenneth Walker. Need him to have better knowledge of the playbook so he can get out there a little bit more. But I'm still happy with what I've seen from him. They've had a tough go of it with the interior of the offensive line being so bad at run blocking. I mean, awful at run blocking. So they've had to make a lot of stuff out of nothing, pretty much. But can they get that going? Can they keep that moving? I mean, I think that really helps them sustain the drives. And it puts less on Geno, shortens the game. That's what you want. So that's a key. Taking advantage of DK. When people talked about interesting matchups, I did not bring up the Jeff Okuda versus DK Metcalf thing. And maybe I should have. DK, I mean not DK, Jeff Okuda has come on as of this year. And he's held some of the best wide receivers to little to no points. I mean, or in yards, really. So he, he's getting better. I think that's in part because of the scheme they've been playing. DK even talked about it in his press conference how they're bringing down safeties. So it's more the wide receivers are being doubled more than it is Okuda just being a lockdown corner, per se. Either way, it's effective. But I think if it's, if DK is right, and, and that's kind of what I see too on film, if DK is right, and if what I see is right, and they're going to continue that into this game, well, then that's when you got title Lockett because a lot of the teams that they played haven't had a you know, another guy who you who's a, who's just as equal of a threat to this point. Um, they played Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is Justin Jefferson. I, mean, I know they have Alan the, uh, Adam Thielen, but that offense has struggled to this point anyway. It doesn't seem Kirk Cousins has been able to take advantage of those weapons, and I just think a DK Tyler combo is better than an Adam Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson combo. They also played the Washington um, Commanders, Terry Scary Terry, Terry McLaughlin, but that's about it. So I just think that's been part of it, and I'm curious to see even if it's not DK. Because I can, I guess I'm gonna guess that they're they're not gonna give DK a lot of run, but maybe they talk, maybe they choose to go with Lockett though, because Lockett's really been the one who's consistently getting more yards. So maybe they decide to double him. Maybe not. I'd be curious to see how they play that, or if they just do, you know, man on man. If that's the case, I'll take DK all day. So depending on their scheme, either way, I think the Seahawks are at an advantageous position. A lot of different ways they can go with that. I'm not sure they'll be able to go deep as much in this game. It seems like the Lions have been pretty disciplined in that regard, especially, like I said, given their two-out safety looks, bracketed coverage. I think there'll be less opportunities to go down the field. So I think the Seahawks will have to understand that schematically and not try to force things where they aren't there just for the sake of getting the offense going. If you got to intermediate them, check down Charlie them, you know, Short game, fly sweep them to death. Then do that. Do, absolutely do that. So I just wanna just want you guys to keep that in mind. I think success is going to be more. It's going to be less explosive plays and more consistent drive down the field. More moving the chains, and hopefully, my hope is that they'll be able to actually convert those into touchdowns. We'll talk a little bit more about why I think that. The Seahawks have a chance to get more points on the board than before, a little, a, bit, a little bit later. But that's another key to the game. Taking advantage of DK, whether it's by distraction or directly getting him the ball. 
Okay. Another key to win the game, I think, is going to be making some deep, some schematic defensive changes. Not overhauling everything, but I would like to see them go back more to the traditional, the bare, not traditional, but to the bare front looks, the three, four principles that they were using last year that were working and still had them being a very, very good run defense. Go back to some of that stuff. A lot of the personnel is still the same, especially on your defensive line. With the exception of Shelby Harris, who does a little bit of both, and he thrives in both. So I don't think that's going to throw him. Do more of those bare fronts because they worked. They worked last year. And like I said, it's not overhauling the scheme. It's not going completely back 4-3. But try that more. I think if they can do that, they'll be able to stop the run, and they'll force Jared Goff to pass. And if you force Jared Goff to pass, and if you can put a little bit of pressure on him, make a little bit, of, make him a little bit uncomfortable, play a little man-on-man, a little bit more press, then Jared, he's going to give up the ball. I mean, he, he just will. He'll give it up. Somebody can get an interception today. Another another Tariq Woolen interception? Maybe. And this is a perfect opportunity to do that. So it all depends on how they change the scheme. Pete Carroll has hinted that they're going to do some things. He's also implied they're not going to go back all the way back to the basics either. So I think that middle ground is that bare front. I'm curious to see if I'm right on that or not. But if they do that, like I said, I feel confident that's a key to the game. And I think it changes the whole trajectory of the team. If they can do that, if they can really serve those bare fronts and be effective in the run game, but be able to take advantage of all the versatility that this new scheme provides in the passing game and the new personnel, I mean, by corners, in terms of being better at press and things like that, man, guys, I'm going to come on this, this this next episode and I'm going to be so much more optimistic, so hype. Y'all gonna have to calm me down. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. But anyway, I'm I'm really excited to see that. And of course, my final key to the game is more my fay. That's how I'm feeling right now. More my fay. Give that guy the snaps. He's made some flash plays. Is he showing up in the pass rush like the way you'd like? No, but he's doing a whole lot more than anybody thought he would do to this point. Given he was so raw, he was a pure athletic guy. He's kind of like Tariq Woolen. Well, if he can excel, and he has been excelling in the run game, well, get this guy on the field. And, and, and with him still being young, let him get those reps. Let him learn some pass rush moves. Let him get more technical over the season. But like I said, you're not losing a ton because it's not like Daryl Taylor. Daryl Taylor was flashing, but he wasn't giving you a ton of production. The floor was just so low there that my face is the better all-around player. And that's what you need. you got to get this run defense under control. You have to have an answer. Or you'll never be able to get control of the game or, or, or really win one because the defense will never be able to get off the field like that. So those are my keys to win the game. Finally, last thing I want to talk about, you guys know I love my segments. So we're going to do just real quick three reasons to fear and three reasons to cheer. If you guys remember, this little segment is just about giving you some, some reasons why I think you know, how this game could go wrong, right? Why should the Seahawks be nervous? And why should they be confident? And I'm, I'll tell you, I'm pretty 50-50 on this. So I'm pretty 50-50 on in terms of what the what the team will be able to do and how they'll look. Because there are just a lot of questions, I think. More questions than answers about what this week four will look like. So let's get started. Three reasons to fear. Number one, 
the Lions have the number two offense in the league in terms of at least points scored. And that's that's elite. They are elite. They really are. And that's something to be mindful of. They have a great balance of the pass and the run. They're explosive in both. It's not one-sided. And it's going to have to force the Seahawks to figure out a lot of things defensively quickly because they haven't been good at the run. That's been abysmal. They've been okay at the pass, but not great. And they haven't been challenged in this way to this point either. So there's just a big question mark about, you know, how can they be in coverage? There's been a lot of slip-ups, miscommunications. And you got some rookies playing. So I'm I'm interested to see how this defense, who has struggled in basically every way, how can they defend a team that's so well-balanced and explosive on every end? They don't have too many weaknesses offensively. Second, re- second reason of fear, like I said, that run game. Dan Campbell is a guy who's a tough guy. He's a, he loves physicality. He's gonna bring it. He wants to, he wants his guys to put on his hard hat, put on their hard hats, and that's exactly what I tend for them to do. I tend for them to rally around physicality. Well, some of our guys haven't looked like they want to play physical, especially the edges. Nuosos look, you know, Utena he's been pretty good, but Puna Ford doesn't look like he embraced physicality. Uh, Al Woods has, but there's just been a a lack of physicality all around, especially in that front seven. That's a reason to be nervous. Um, Just guys that's a powerful O-line, they're going to win. I got a feeling they're going to win at the line of scrimmage. And the question is, will the linebackers be able to stop from being too explosive of plays? That's the question. What schematically can be changed to make it that they don't get gashed in the run game. And then third, related to my first uh, and, my, and my second thing, really, is just how good of an online the Detroit Lions have. It's not a good matchup for the Seahawks in that way. And there's a lot of questions about if they're going to be able to counter and, and, and really start winning some of those battles, um, some of those pass block battles. How, how can they win? Some of those blocks. I'm not sure. I, I'm genuinely not. I have seen nothing to indicate that they can, but I'm encouraged by the comments that have been made this week about the changes they plan to make. Now they have a better understanding of what their personnel can and cannot do. And that's natural. It probably shouldn't be as bad as it is for the Seahawks. Maybe they have maybe they should be better at having foresight in terms of what their personnel can and cannot do. But I do trust this defense to be able to figure that out. Don't think it'll be overnight, but I expect and I hope to see progress at least in that area. And if we can see some progress, I feel optimistic all around about this team being able to take the W. With that, speaking of W's, let's talk about the reasons to cheer. Because I think there is a lot of silver lining for for this Seattle Seahawks team in this week. I just think they have to take advantage, like I mentioned. So, reason number one to cheer? Well, while the Detroit Lions are um, number two in offense, they are dead last in the NFL in terms of points allowed on defense, which means you can score on them. You can score on them. And that's that's been a challenge 
for Geno in this offense. Can they score on the best defense? Uh, sorry, on the worst defense in the red zone? Oh, gosh, I hope so. I really hope so. It doesn't matter if they can go deep or not. If they can just keep the chains moving, Geno's been able to show he can do a lot better of a job with that than Russell Wilson did. Get the chains moving, make a drive downfield, and, man, just get get in the end zone this time. I think they'll be able to do that. And that's wonderful because maybe it helps Geno's stats a little bit, getting some more touchdowns. That's something I think this team can take advantage of, and that's huge. If this team can can substitute their field goals for their touchdowns, honestly, I think they'd be one of the better offenses in the league because, you know, at least against the Falcons, they did a really good job getting to the red zone. It was just finishing. It was a, a problem against the 49ers, but they're the 49ers, one of the best defenses in the league, and I think they were able to get into the red zone quite a few times, at least in the first half, against the Broncos. So I'm optimistic that they can consistently, I think this might be the week where you see a better output in the second half in terms of in terms of actually getting points on the board. People be complaining. Gino only has three points in the second half of games. I think this can change this game. P. Carroll has always said that you can't win a game in the fourth quarter, but this team has been playing like you have to win in the first and second quarter. So I'm curious to see if they can get back to their roots. And I think they can have a consistent scoring game. I'd be great to see them score points in both halves. And this is the game to do it, most definitely. Reason number two, to cheer. I've discussed this. The Seahawks have a huge injury advantage. The Lions are missing a lot of starters. They got two wide receivers that are questionable. If one of those guys or both of those guys don't play, they're down their top three wide receivers. That's huge. Now, I don't think that's that'll happen. Both of those guys might end up playing, or at least one of them will end up playing. But without St. Brown, that's huge. Without Swift, that's huge. They don't have a kicker. It sounds underrated, but that hugely changes the trajectory of the game in terms of the decisions they make and how they approach things. Maybe they go for it on fourth and long or fourth and medium. And and the Seahawks, can, if they can get a stop, you can get a turnover on downs and yet get another offensive possession. That's huge. They may not trust their kicker. They might do things that are not particularly advantageous because they don't have a kicker. So I think that can play a huge role in this game, especially a game that might end up being pretty close when all is said and done in terms of score. That could tweet the game for them completely, that alone. And so for that reason, I'm optimistic. I'm also happy that this very strong O-line has at least one weakness since they're missing their starting guard. And that's just something that the team has to take advantage of. And I think that they will to some extent. The question is how much. If they can really take advantage of those those injury um, advantages that they have this week, this is a great opportunity, like I said, for these guys to get a win, go back 500, keep them moving, build on that for the rest of the season. And number three, it might sound shallow and it might sound mean, but the fact is it's reality. It has that the Detroit Lions, especially in close games, don't have the best of luck. In one way or another, Jared Goff can turn off the ball. They mismatch the situation. 
the Lions are going to be a tough competitive team. This team is not going to roll over. I don't care that they're injured. This is not going to be a rollover. Hey, they're injured. We're going to go in and we're just going to. That's not going to happen. They're not going to do that. The Lions fight hard. They are disciplined. They don't beat themselves. And like I said, those guys put on their hard hats. They're physical. It's going to be a tough game, right? But if you can get them to a tough game, I think the Seahawks might be able to take the win. Even though they're on the road, like I said, Detroit just does not have good luck right now. They haven't really yet learned how in those close games how to win. Pete Carroll, and for a few of these players, now the team is still young, so not every player does. But I think between the coaching staff, Pete Carroll, they'll be able to pull it out if it's close in the end. Even Geno, I think it's better than enough that he can, if put in advantageous situation, he can pull off the win. I have faith. That's a little bit of a leap because Geno has been questionable and sometimes when he's had the opportunity to win the game, he's made a mistake that cost the, that cost the game. I think that's purely circumstantial more than it is his ability to do game-winning drives. I believe Geno has game-winning drives in him, not consistently, but I think he has them in him. If there's a team that he can have a game-winning drive against, I think it's the Detroit Lions. Like I said, there's no disrespect to the Lions. I'm not trying to jinx the, or, I'm the <laughs> not trying to jinx the situation and brag, but I am saying just the facts. And I'm just saying that I believe in this team. I believe that in the competition and everything Pete Carroll has, if it gets down close, I think they can pull this one out. I really do. So my final prediction for this game is that the Seahawks are going to win 27-20. I think it gets a little wonky with their kicker situation. And I just think that the Seahawks are going to be able to take advantage of that, take advantage of getting some more touchdowns, and bring home the win, man. So I look forward to watching this game. Um, let me know you guys' thoughts. If you're listening on YouTube, like to hear your comments. Also, be sure to follow me on Twitter. You can follow me at CandiceH901. That's CandiceH901. Also, make sure to follow the show for polls, analysis, breakdowns, opinions on NFL news as it comes out. Follow the show on at Ethos Seahawks. In the meantime, that's it. I'm out. And as always, go Hawks.